Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Netflix's Love is Blime reunion live stream didn't go down as planned. It turns out that the cast, not the technology, is the reason for the postponement. Consumers just aren't buying computers like they used to. Global shipments of PCs was down 29% year over year. Apple's Mac sales were down 40.5%. Will overseas outsourcing be the next wave of remote work? Companies now know that they can be productive with the remote workforce. Will they look outside of our borders to reduce cost? And have the social media chickens come home to roost? We discussed several social media headlines topping the news. We got all this and more for you in episode 79 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. Coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Stuff. <laughs> and out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Shout out to my daughter and her flag crew. They call it the Color Guard. They won, not one, they came in 13th in the World Color Guard Championships. I'm pretty sure that's not the name of it. <laughs> but out of the nations of people competing, I think that was like, 200 no maybe not 200 that's too much maybe i'll say 100 out of 100 teams they came in 13th so uh shout out to them congratulations yeah yeah this is the um first time they've been back i think since covid so um they did pretty good my my daughter was up in ohio as a matter of fact for most of the last week uh when they did their um competition so She's a little bummed out, of course. She was like, of course. She was like, well, you know, we did good on the preliminaries and the semifinals. When we got to the finals, we could have did a little bit better. Well, me, meaning us, I did good. (laughs) But (laughs) we as a team (laughs) could have done a little bit better. So I'm like, hey, look, as long as you did your job and you did your best, that's all I can ask of you. So uh, she's pretty proud of that. You know, I'm personally (laughs) happy that winter guard is over <laughs> now we get our babysitter back <laughs> that <Wow>. is un- <laughs> that is until uh band camp starts up which is this week so never ending story so you know parenthood yay <laughs> yeah, you got three of them man i mean i had two but mine had distance between them so my, my oldest is eight years older than my youngest so definitely by the time the the youngest was like one and a half. Well, I got a 10 year old. It's like she could watch her for, you know, for a half hour, 45 minutes. I, I could go outside, cut the grass and not worry about the one year old falling down steps or something like that. But uh 
with, you know, for a quick time when they were both into stuff. I had the, you know, the, the one in high school doing all the marching band stuff. And then I had the one in grade school that is, you know, dance and cheerleading and soccer and all that kind of stuff just with two. So I can only imagine with three and yours are a little closer in age together. So. Well, no, they ain't. Uh, my oldest two are closest in age. And then we had surprise. Y'all got a third kid. So he's the one that's almost six years, seven years apart from my middle child. So I was really referring to the first two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's in soccer all day long. Well, not all day long, all week long. So we got another one coming up behind him. So we got five or six, seven years of keeping an eye on him until he finally gets self-sufficient and then we'd be like yay but then it'd be too old to do anything so (laughs) there you won't (laughs) it'll be right on time well y'all this is a tech show so let's go ahead and talk about some tech and our first story netflix falls down with love is blind the live stream now, I have to be honest. I am not a reality TV person at all, but I guess America was really upset with Netflix. Have, have y'all heard anything about this? I mean, I, I didn't even know that there was a show called Love is Blind on Netflix. Like I said, I'm so out of the loop. But I kept seeing yesterday on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, people talking about, I can't, this thing ain't starting it. You know, it's not working. I hate Netflix and this and that and the other. I'm like, what is going on? So I started digging into it. And I guess Netflix tried to do a live stream to half of America. and The Joker didn't work. Yeah, I don't watch Love is Blind. Um, but I just today and, and being on social media and seeing folks complaining about they was waiting and I, I've been waiting 15 minutes. I've been waiting 30 minutes. What's going on? Um, yeah, I, 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 I wonder if it's more difficult to do a live stream over the internet than live like via satellite, you know, a a regular broadcast live stream. I was like, is it, I would think it would be easier because it would be maybe fewer moving parts on, on Netflix's end, but um, apparently, you know, not because I mean, well, word on the street, word on the street, again, alleged, 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 uh, word on the street, it wasn't technical difficulties. They had some issues with some of the cast members. Um, oh, so yeah, what is one of the, Oh, yeah. So this, this love is blind has been at messy, messier than previous ones. The first one, it was all everybody's out to find love and we hope they make it, you know, and then as the seasons go on, it got, all right, we about to turn this into this is my opportunity to get my shine on so they've got they've got characters who you know reflect all right i'm about to make some waves and word on the street was the reason why they couldn't go live or they cut it or whatever was because some of the cast members was acting up that's what i heard i don't know that sounds more logical you know what right right that it if that is true That makes me feel a lot better about Netflix because I'm sitting here thinking it's like, this is not, you know, I have no idea how live streaming works, but I have a lot of ideas about how live streaming works. And if YouTube can do it, if Hulu can do it, if Amazon Prime can do it, you I mean, are we're bigger live than right now. We're live streaming you know right I mean? now. It's just like, so and if, if it was the technology can do it. 
And if Netflix can do it because they streamed a Chris Rock's it, with uh, no um, issues, that was right. that, they said that That's went off I without a hitch. Like, yeah. I was like, how could this have been a technical problem? I was I was confused it, about that. That that, Very you know, that makes a lot of that sense. Makes, yeah, that makes a lot of so sense. Just and to, that's the problem with reality anymore. I mean, everybody's just trying to get put on. Nobody really cares about whatever the 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 reality show is about. They just they just trying to get put on and use it as a vehicle. So that's what we get. Yeah. Yep. So to, to, to read their quote here, they said that we are incredibly sorry that the Love is Blind reunion did not turn out as we had planned. We're filming it now and we'll have it on Netflix as soon as humanly possible. Now, I believe the humanly possible turned out to be around 3 p.m. Eastern today because yeah. I, I think it d- did go up. But as I said, Terrence, I did not know that because I, I, I just I really don't pay attention to this stuff. So I looked at the story this morning and said, made sure three that it went up and haven't looked at any additional news. That does make me feel better about Netflix because I had a whole diatribe planned of they, they can't I'm do paying this. $14.99 a month. Y'all yeah. need to make sure and it's not even, I mean, this is, this is how bad it was. I mean, even Blockbuster was throwing shade at a Blockbuster said, remember renting VHS from us? You can start it on time with no problem. This is what we get when we go to streaming. This it, also makes a lot of sense for, um, because folks were mad at um, Coachella. Frank Ocean was supposed to live stream from YouTube for Coachella and he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and they're not, they were like, they're not selling no Frank Ocean merch. I think Sinead O'Connor is actually at Co- Coachella as well. And, and she's not live streaming. So I, now I have to think that it's probably, you know, some sort of situation, uh, with the artist as opposed to YouTube not being able to, cause I'm like, it's YouTube, you know, they can stream anytime they want, uh, that it has to do with the artist as opposed to, you know, YouTube's capacity to, to make that stream happen. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking here, this that, you know, this is episode 79 for us. I believe that this is the 72nd episode that we have live streamed. And although we have had problems with live streaming because like we had an issue with some software that we were using, it wasn't because the technology just broke all the way down. It's just like, it might've, oops, we got to click this button and come back into it. It, it, it. We were able to put every single show on. We did not have to forego a show because of tech, even though we have had tech issues doing it. And I'm just thinking like Netflix, this is not a good look. You already are, you know, you, raising you are prices, you raising prices. That's you are the saying. biggest, but the, the problem Y'all that people are saying people sharing passwords. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I at least feel better about that. It, was a what had happened has you know or what what ha- how do you say it? what had happened was is the reason right. that they didn't put it up as compared to some technology broke down because I'm just thinking it's like right. that can't happen because I'm thinking like right now I've watched football on on uh, Amazon Prime can you imagine it's like if, if you can do that a football football has got to be one of the most watched live stream things I would think that there there is as far as just the number of people that are going to watch it. And if, if you can't do that, then you can't be a streaming service. It's like, you know, you have to be able to compete with your peers. And like I said, so I'm, well, I'm just glad that it's not that. Well, especially as all the hype that Netflix put into this Love is Blind reunion live stream, you know, they an hour, 15 minutes ahead of time before the thing was aired. Y'all ready? Y'all mm-hmm. ready? And of course, it did, the internet right. never forgets and Twitter do they think it's like, well, apparently y'all wasn't ready. You right. Know? <laughs> and the whole, the thing about this that kind of stuck with me, I think the overarching 
overarching thing was the the idea that streaming services every day get more and more like broadcast channels. You know, now we're waiting to watch live events on Netflix the same on way we waited to watch TV. live events on, on regular television. You know, right. some some shows you have to watch every, like, because uh, I watch Bel Air on Peacock, and it comes on every week just like it would have come on every week on NBC. You know what I mean? So it's just like we literally are just coming back around uh, to, to basically broadcast habits on 12 different streaming platforms and just paying more money. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. You know what yeah. would be cool if they could take all the streaming services and like conglomerate, you know, put, put, you know, just put it all together. Verizon is doing that. It, it to, it's like, I'm being really facetious as I say this and I'm trying not to laugh as I say it, but it's kind of like <laughs> cable don't look that bad right now. I still have cable. I still have cable and Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, Prime, uh, Peacock. Like, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm crowdsourcing some of those, uh, user, uh, login credentials, but, you, but you, I have. You- have them right uh but but i have all of them plus cable verizon actually and i just saw a commercial today i'm like i'm gonna have to look into this um verizon has something where you can put all of those uh accounts into Mm -hmm. something with verizon Mm -hmm. and actually get a discount some sort of Mm -hmm. discount to get them all through verizon like it's like one login one master i'm not sure but i think it's like one master login but like all of the streaming services through verizon with a bit of a discount for all of them so i'm I'm gonna look into that because i'm paying way too much money at this point you got that right i'm the same way i got a ton of services are either of y'all interested in the new, uh, I guess we're just calling, they're calling it Max now. It's going to be HBO I have Max that plus I have Dis- H- Discovery Plus. I have HBO on my cable. So I get HBO Max for free. Yep. I got, I got all of it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. So, too much content. Too much. Of the big ones, the only ones that I don't keep all the time are Apple TV and HBO. <laughs> You 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 really do got them all. Well, I have Apple One because I okay. like Apple News right. and I like Apple right. Fitness and I have Apple Music. You right. know what I mean? So I have I just have Apple One for for all of them in my mm-hmm. cloud service, like extra cloud storage, all of that mm-hmm. shit. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah, you put me onto the Verizon thing. I might have to go check that out too because it's like I I do pay for quite a few services. I do want to shout out. The fast services, the uh, the things that are free, like Tubi TV or Samsung Yo, TV. Pluto. Pluto. Is my jam. So Pluto, I, I believe it was Pluto, has like the brand new episodes of Picard coming on it. Pluto I just had everything. I was like, hold up. It's like I'm paying for this over on Paramount I'm and I can get it over here for do it. Now, the difference is Pluto that I can everything. watch it. I can watch whenever I want. I can watch Picard whenever I want on Paramount. I have to watch it when it comes on yeah. on Pluto. And right. I'm pretty sure it's littered with ads everywhere. I mean, how many my thing is like we, we, me and my family watch YouTube TV and that kind of mm-hmm. gives us kind of like cable box type watching mm-hmm. to where we can just flip through channels right um but if we're trying to catch anything on demand because they have an on-demand service mm-hmm. you try to watch anything on that it's like 11 or 12 commercials or ads that take up maybe twice as much time as actually watching the episodes in the segments you may get two to five maybe five to seven minutes of 
the show of segment content and then like six or seven minutes yeah. of, right right so it's almost like uh you know my my assumption was those two b's and the plutos and there's a bunch of other ones yeah they're free but are you really going to enjoy the experience you, if you, you do watch i watch i watch pluto a lot and it's it's just like watching regular tv yeah. i mean the ads uh-huh. are it's just they're just commercials it's not right. like it's not like peacock like Peacock will have or Hulu will have like 240 seconds worth of ads that you have to mm-hmm. sit through and you see that little countdown clock. Right. Pluto is just regular commercials. Like if you were watching right. broadcast television, you'll see mm-hmm. two or three commercials and it'll go back, you know, okay. and it's the same kind of 22 minute, you know, episode of, of sitcom. I just watch all the sitcoms and the the classic uh, sitcoms and stuff like that. Yeah. But Pluto's my jam. Yeah. You know? I so, love me some Pluto. So, yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to shout it out because it is free. You are going to see ads, but it's free and, and it's it's really good content. And just because a show is old doesn't mean that it wasn't good. Like I went back and this was during the uh, throes of the pandemic. But so we're just locked in the house and I'm trying to just watch whatever I can watch to take my mind off of whatever else is because there's just nothing to do. And I started watching two shows, the Rockford Files that I remember watching with my grandfather when I was a kid, but I can't really remember the show or get the humor because I was too young. And it was the same thing with Barney Miller, two shows that my grandfather absolutely loved. But, you know, when you're watching when you're five or six, you don't really get the humor that's going on. But I go like I go back and I watch uh Barney Miller. That show was so incredibly well done. And it's like, you know, you had to you, you kind of had to have grown up in the 70s and 80s. For it to make a lot of sense today, but because I did, I can go back and watch. It's like, oh, that's why, you know, Pops was laughing like he was because this is like, you know, this is really, really good, you know, funny stuff. And so I, I end up watching a ton of old stuff, uh, you know, on Pluto TV. And then like I have Samsung TV, so I watch it on Samsung TVs all the time. So yeah, I'm, shout out to Fast, uh, because the, you know, there's multiple of them out there, but you can get a lot of really good quality content. All you need is internet connectivity, but it doesn't yep. cost you anything. And a boatload of money. Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get into this next story, y'all, and I just wrote this as folks just are not buying computers like they used to. And this is an article that I was uh, looking at IDC where it says the global shipments um, numbered at 56.9 million, marking a contraction of 29% compared to the same quarter of 2022. And then it went to the Mac shipments. Max dropped 40.5% year over year. So folks just are not buying computers like they used to. So I just thought that this would be a good one. You know, everybody that is watching this show, I would imagine has a computer of some type. And I wanted to get you guys' take on why do you think that the PC sales are slumping as much as they are? My whole thing is like, is this industry just destined to be reactionary? I mean, there was the whole thing of not being prepared on the front end with the chip shortage and and all the rest of that stuff. At this point, like we've we had three years of of, of pandemic or at least two solid years mm-hmm. of pandemic, like nobody could have forecast the idea that we was going to have too much on the back end if we kept up, you know, whatever rate of production they had going. Like, it just feels like we we stay playing catch up and, and being reactionary when when we should have learned from the shortage we had on the front end to to not overcorrect so that we wouldn't have this surplus that ain't getting sold on the back end. But clearly nobody 
nobody paid attention or tried to anticipate that. I just, I don't know how forecasting and, and that kind of thing works, but it just, it, 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 it's, it boggles my mind that nobody anticipated the idea of a surplus on the back end and, and didn't, you know, overproduce and, and, and get to the situation we're at right now. I just, I'm like, who's in charge of forecasting at these companies? Cause y'all doing a shitty job. Um, I could be completely wrong, could lack any sort of scientific, uh, background or found findings, but is it because computers are better now? Uh, and additionally, are we not doing as much on our computers as we used to? What I mean by that is most of the time, and you can take it back to the story previously, we buy a computer all of the applications are on the internet. There are very few applications. Well, not very few. There are way less applications that I have to open on my computer than I used to. Before, everything used to be an application. Therefore, it took resources. It took uh, computer power. It took bandwidth. It took all those things. Now, you buy a computer and most of the stuff you do is on the internet from design to streaming to, you know, now you got these open AIs and chat GPTs is doing all these calculations, but it's over the Internet versus my computer is doing much less work. Now, of course, you know, you you exclude the people who are designers, you exclude the people who are coders, you know, but your average consumer, maybe they're buying a computer in 2019, 2020. And it's just working just fine. So it's like, why should I go out and buy a computer every three to five years when I can buy this one and keep it for eight, nine? Well, not maybe not eight, nine, but longer than people used to. So now it's like, oh, snap, these numbers are coming down. Why ain't people buying computers? It's like, well, come on, computer works just fine. And because I can do everything on my phone. Right. That's like true. I don't even need a computer. Like I have a computer right here <laughs> and I can do everything I need to do on, on the phone. And, and I don't, I don't know to your point, Rob, that computers are better now. I, I mean, I ain't going to shout out the company. I ain't going to put the company on blast, <laughs> but my current laptop is, is kind of trash. I'm not going to lie. Okay. It just, right. it but here's the thing. Problems and I you bought have, it new. So you and I, you and I have the same laptop. You got yours in 2019 or 2018. I can't remember. My my latest laptop, uh-huh. I got in twenty probably twenty twenty. I got it. During, okay, so, I got it okay, during so the pandemic. I couldn't remember if yours was younger or older than mine. So I got mine the exact same model, just the year previous version of it mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen. This thing is ridiculous. It is just as fast today as it was then, and it goes to your point, Terrence. Why? Because I don't have terabytes worth of applications installed on this. I would say that 85% of the work that I do on this PC is in a web browser. The other 15% is producing shows like the Technia, um, where I actually have software running on the machine, where I physically can edit audio, where I physically can edit. I, you know, Terrence, you do most of the video editing, but if I had to, I could do it. Uh, I can physically make things sound better on the, the, on the actual PC. But that is that is like a two time a week thing. I my, my computer is turned on probably six of the seven days of the week at the very least, usually even on the seventh day. And for the most part, it is everything is running in a web browser. So I think we have a confluence of a bunch of things that it is not so much that the computers are so much better today. 
I think that what is it? Is it is it Moore's law where, you know, literally every year computing power essentially doubles? I know that we're going to eventually get to the point to where the science just doesn't hold up anymore because they phys- or the physics, let's just say, doesn't hold up because they just can't make things any smaller. Um, you know, they're getting to the point where things are literally getting as small as they can possibly make them as far as the uh, the silicon is concerned. Transistors are concerned. So I know that we're, we're approaching that. But I, I, I do think that. These machines are so good. Like I, I am going into year four. My warranty on this actually runs out this year. And I, I'm seriously contemplating normally when a warranty runs out on my work machine or if it's just a home PC or something I'm using for personal, when it, you know, when it runs out, I just keep using it until I decide I need something new. But on my workhorse, so this, you know, this machine that I'm using to do my editing and stuff like that on, when the warranty runs out is generally when I'm looking to sell it and replace it with something brand new. Right now, I don't know that I need to because it's not like my um, you know, this PC is not able to do it. So could I save myself a couple grand this year, push that off maybe until next year, maybe even a year after that? And as long as this is doing the job that I needed to do, I don't need to go out and buy a PC every three to four years like I used to do from literally the mid 90s until now. I might be. Uh, finally drinking that MacBook Kool-Aid the next, uh, the next bucket. <laughs> I think I am, honestly, I, I mean, I'm so disappointed in this, in this latest laptop. Um, and just the problems, like even, you know, I took it with me. I just came back from Idaho on, on some business and took it with me and shit was crashing and just, just nonsense. I was like, see, ain't nobody got time for this, man. <laughs> I don't have time for this. And it just, yeah. Um, um, yeah, we, we've talked about it on this show. Uh, so the other thing is that here's a reason why I may not upgrade my laptop that is coming up with the end, you know, to its end of life this year, as far as the warranty is concerned. This laptop that is designed to go with me places has been sitting on this docking station 99% of the time. I, I probably can easily count on two hands the number of times in the, in the four years I've had it that I've literally taken it off the docking station. Probably, you know, probably less than 10 times. So the other thought is, well, instead of getting another laptop, why don't you just go buy, a, you know, a, a desktop? Um, so that potentially could be, you know, my next machine would be a desktop that theoretically would even last me longer because I can go and change parts and stuff in and out of that, uh, you know, at my leisure. So that's one of the things I'm thinking about. But to get back to, uh, you know, one of the points you were asking, you know, Terrence, when you said that, you know, is it because the, the laptops are getting better? And also to your point, Stephanie, can't people forecast this stuff? The answers are, I think is yes on the, the hardware is getting better. So people keep them longer. I also think that Having worked in large software and hardware organizations for the better part of my adult life, no one for any reason wants to forecast that they're going to sell less of something, Um, you know, even when they are. They, you just don't want to do it. So you can go back and say, well, why? Why did we have such ridiculous numbers in the second half of 2020 um, through 2021? Well, because people are a captive audience. Everyone is home. They need a PC. It's like, you know, that home PC that was shared between three kids isn't working anymore. I need to get everybody their own, you know, their own joint so they can do what they need to do. So the numbers go up dramatically. And even though in the back of someone's mind, they're thinking that these numbers are going to come back down. 
Nobody wants to write that down. No, nobody, nobody. I mean, even though somebody's job is to know that these numbers are going to come down, no one wants to say that. So I think that, you know, from, you know, it's at some point we're just kind of living in a fantasy land thinking that all these people who bought all these extra PCs in 2020 and 2021, well, they're still going to be there to buy PCs in 2022 and in 2023. And it's but just it's not interesting it's just not to working say that, that nobody wants to say that when the 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 point should be the bottom line and you know would you rather say that or say that sales are down 40% or 29% or whatever that number is right now. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I get it. Nobody wants to be the bad cop or, or the, the, the harbinger of doom and gloom. Yeah. Don't nobody bring me no bad news. Oh, shout out to the whiz. Um. Um, but, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, I would rather be that person than be the person that has to now come back to the shareholders and say, are we didn't meet our, our, quarterly goals and we we missed them by like 30 percent like that's insane to me i i well, don't know that just so, doesn't so make any sense couple things. and like I, maybe i just don't understand so they're not things. missing their numbers by 30 percent and 40 and a half percent they just didn't sell as many that, that, that's what that's where the decline was so yes there is someone's job who who has to go out and say this is what we forecast? They got to do that. You you know you have to you you have to be you legally have to be accurate with it as well or try to be. Uh, you know you can miss, but you can't know that you're going to miss by forty percent and 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 not actually right. t- tell your investors that. So th- th- there's that. But I'm just talking about just the way that people react to it. It's like, oh, this is a bad thing. It's like, well, is it a bad thing? Because last year you sold three times as many as you ever sold. So did you think you were going to sell three times as many again this year and have have an upgrade? It's like that's just not realistic to think of it that way. So well, it sounds to me like they're going to use this as an excuse to lay some people off. Oh, there's no doubt, man. That's pretty much what this is going to boil down to. Typical. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, guys, for this next story here, I have talked to a couple of people who are kind of going through this story. So I just wrote here, will overseas outsourcing be the next wave of remote work? And I'll just read the article here. The CEO of the Society for Human Resource Management, Johnny Taylor Jr., told the Wall Street Journal that he decided to outsource an employee's job after she requested to work remotely from another state. He claimed that hiring someone in India saved the company around 40 percent. Um, I think we probably talked about this on the show with, you know, with all of this remote work at some point, these companies are going to figure out, okay, are we still productive doing this? And the answer is for the most part, yes. 
So then the very next question is going to come up. Okay, well, how can we remain as productive but cut our cost? Well, can we start outshoring or offshoring this stuff? And that seems to be what's happening here. Now, it's cold how this happened. Someone asked, hey, can I move to another state since I'm already working remotely? And it's like, you can move to another state, but your job is going to go to India is how the story is playing out. And that's kind of cold. But I literally put in my notes, the first paragraph of article is effed up. I mean, dude (laughs) is like the idea came to Johnny Taylor Jr. early last year. And, and then, and he's quoted as saying, then a light bulb went off. And then instead of having the employee work in another state, he outsourced her job to India where his organization is like, like this brother, this, this dude seems proud of the fact that you just kicked another, you just, took another person's job from them and sent it overseas. Like, why are you proud of that? Like, I get it. Bottom line is the bottom line. That's what companies got to do. Capitalism reigns supreme. Um, but maybe don't be so giddy about that shit. Yeah. And, and re- like, like he was hyped that, that, that he like, actually look, got look what I did. It's like, yeah, I say 40%. Like, I'm doing awesome for the company. He proud of and himself. he may be I was like, bro, but, that's so tone deaf. So tone deaf. So go ahead, Terrence. I don't want to cut you off. Well, no, I was going to say the Society for Human Resource Management. I'm like, are you really uh, employing 100 people or <laughs> is it just you, the CEO, and then old girl? And then she decided she wanted to work remotely. He's like, all right, well, bump that. It's like, yeah, you probably saving 40% you know, uh, uh, labor costs, but that ain't like you done that across the board and slashed, you know, half of your workforce. Maybe if it's just you and her, you did slash half your workforce. But yeah, I would have to look, get some more information about, oh boy, Johnny Taylor and the Society for Human Resource Management to see, you know, how, yes, quickly, it's easy for you to say that because you got like one or three employees of course, slashing one person's job and moving it to remote is automatically going to recoup, you know, all these big numbers in uh, labor costs. But I'm not sure if it's that easy for major corporations just to turn on a dime like he did. Now, small businesses and what I mean by small businesses, I mean, entrepreneurs, people with, you know, five to 10 to maybe 20 employees probably could and probably are going this route. You know, we, I know about uh, companies. I have friends who run companies who outsource work from the Philippines, from India, from uh, South America, all these other places, you know, and this is just how they can compete, you know, so I can see this being a norm for them. But when we're talking about major corporations. I don't know if, you know, an Apple or a Google or whomever decides and says, you know what? These remote workers are tripping. COVID's over. We can't get them back in the office. Let's just uh, outsource everything to India. I don't know if it's going to be that easy that soon. I I don't know. It's saying the the article said about 10 to 20 percent of U.S. service support jobs like software developers, human resources professionals and payroll administrator administrators could move overseas in the next decade. Um, Some economists at Stanford predicted this. Um, But I kind of see this happening, number one, because they can't get those H-1B visas um, Mm -hmm. popping in this country again like they were before a pandemic happened. Um, So all of those people that would have been here anyway 
aren't here anymore. So I think when you say outsource, um, it, it's people who would have been here that can't get here anymore. They're just giving the, those folks, they're still giving those folks the jobs. They're just not giving them the jobs here in America and the United mm-hmm. States. Um, so, I mean, yeah, and, and, and two, I think the companies are pissed that these folks don't want to come back and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, you don't want to come back. You, you want to have us pay for this empty building. I'll show you, you know, I think it's another way to twist that knife for, for all those people that, that think that they have some sort of, um, leverage, mm-hmm. uh, in, in staying home. They're like, no, you don't. Cause we can go to India and, and hire somebody to do you, to do your job just as easily. So it, I, it's, it, this is, it, this is, it's the empire strikes back is what right. it feels like. <laughs> uh, the companies was like, Oh, word, y'all want to come back? Bet. I got something for that. So my thought on this is that, yes, it's going to happen, but big companies are not going to do it with the fervor that what's this dude's name? Johnny Taylor Jr. did. <laughs> Yo, uh, wait, right. my, my experience is that they will do it, but they're going to try to hide it, obfuscate it, make it look like it's not happening to the extent that it is happening because they do not want to get on to you outsourced all these American jobs. Now the Americans can't even afford your services anymore. They do not want to be on the side of that. So usually when you see a lot of this outsourcing, um, most recently, not, not going Going back into when it was happening in the early 2000s and back into the 90s, uh, you know, all left and right. But just most recently, you didn't lay anybody off. You just created a new department and staffed it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, we, we didn't do any layoffs. You know, we just this is like a, a, a completely new department that we created, which is true. Sometimes like, you know, you know, companies are growing. So a lot of times what they do is not that they're laying someone off. It's just that, well, we're going to we decided to actually run this out of a call center in India as compared to staffing it here. It's not like we're, you know, just want to be clear. We didn't lay anybody off. Everybody that's here still has their jobs. This is just something that we've done over there. I think that you're going to probably see it uh, more like that. And, you know, I've looked at some of the conversations about, you know, people who are going back and forth with their, uh, you know, their organizations. Um, I've seen some that have really, really gone kind of, you know, you know, kind of way out there with it's, it's our fundamental right to not have to come in and stuff like that. And it's like, and it's their fundamental right not to employ you, (laughs) you know, that is ridiculous, uh, you know, on that, but I do get, to where, you know, the, the pandemic showed employers and people that you could effectively do a lot of work remotely. Folks like that. The question is going to be, you know, are you going to start seeing people, uh, not necessarily take pay cuts, but the, you know, maybe the raises don't come, um, with the, you know, you know, to the extent that they may have come before. Because you're working I think remotely, you're going to get people back in those offices. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think I there's think a they're whole lot of real estate that a whole lot of eventually they're going to get people back in those offices because they're spending way too much money, and it's like, do you want to work or not? Nah? And 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 it's it, we're really just at that point now. Are you working or not? And and there and that's what it's going to be. And this. capitalism, gotta love capitalism. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, I I, I understand the plight. Of the employer, I, you know, I definitely understand the plight of the employee, but um, like I said, I, I hope that this not, does not become the trend that the economist is saying that it is going to be. I hope what it looks like, if 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 anything, um, there's a shortage of IT workers here 
clearly many of them have recently been laid off, but I think that's going to self-correct probably in, you know, um, you know, over time here in the, probably in the short term, more so than the long term. And if they do start doing a bunch of outsourcing, I hope that that is not necessarily for, uh, job replacement that that might be for net new positions that you just didn't bring here. It's like, I know folks are going to say, well, what is the difference? And the difference is that you didn't lay somebody off. You just went and did something and you didn't necessarily hire someone. And, you know, neither one of those things is great things, but I think the one, you know, the, I think the not laying somebody off to go hire somebody net new is not as bad as laying somebody off to go hire somebody at less the rate. Keep hope alive, Rob. Yeah. Hey, I'm just, I'm trying to be pessimistic or, or, <laughs> no, or, or, or optimistic on it. Happen, not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know which one of y'all stuck this one here. This, uh, this, uh, not last story, second to last story is AI taking over rap. I didn't even look at this one. Which one of y'all put that in there? I did. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and do it? So, I, I don't know about it. Tell us what's going on. So over the weekend, uh, Drake and the weekend, <laughs> pun intended, uh, released a track that has amassed over 250 Spotify streams and 10 million views on TikTok. But of course the musicians have nothing to do with this song because a ghostwriter by an artist by the name of ghostwriter generated the song using AI. So, you know, Rob, we talked uh, a pre-show about one of our um, partners is big in the AI. That's all that's in the news as of late AI. And as of late, now the entertainers are starting to get thrown into it willingly or not or begrudgingly to where um, Drake, as popular as Drake and The Weeknd are, now they are their voices or their likeness is being used on songs that they and their labels uh, did not attribute. So they are now trying to figure out how to get these songs and videos and deep fakes. They mentioned the story mentions Jay-Z um, um, has some copyright strikes against YouTube uploads of AI generated Jay-Z deep fakes of him, presumably his face and or his likeness rapping to songs that he personally never rapped to. And Eminem as well is trying to get some content off the air of AI generated content that he had no involvement in. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that in just to get your take on everybody's talking about AI, how AI is going to take jobs. Um, is AI, uh, as it is now or eventually, you know, as it's growing and people are finding more applications for it, you know, are rappers or entertainers, singers, you know, artists, you know, are they going to be competing against AI in the near future? I just want to get your takes on that. Yes. Um, I, 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 I saw a video. I don't know if it was on TikTok and I, I forget. I, cause I started to find something similar to this and, and throw it in for this week. Cause, um, somebody was talking about the idea that, um, when you look at fair use, uh, on the internet, it covers everything except voice. And so like a bunch of major record labels have put some sort of statement out disallowing the use of voice to train these AI systems. Like they can scrape the internet for anything else, but they're saying you cannot scrape our voice catalog for these things because it's not protected. But yeah, it's just because, because I think Rihanna, um, they got Rihanna covering a Beyonce song, but it's not her that did it. It was the AI that generated her cover of some Beyonce song or something like that, um, that just happened recently. And, and yes, this is going to be some bullshit. 
Yeah, this we one. This this is uh, th- this is this is this. It's going to be a difficult time. This stuff has gotten so good that it can fool you. It can it can fool humans. It, it, it's not it's not that it's going to be able to fool hum- humans. It is doing it now. I actually mm-hmm. listened to the one that was the the fake of uh, of Jay Z. Not only did it sound exactly like Jay Z. It sounded exactly like how Jay-Z raps. It's like if I wouldn't have known that it wasn't him, I would have just assumed it was him on some new on some new joint. And that's where it becomes very, very, very problematic because you literally can go out here and fake this stuff to the point that you're making enormous amounts of people think that something is someone that is not someone. Yeah. So and we got an election coming up next year and uh, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a whole mess. And you're going to get into um, where people are going to say they're going to say something. And then when they get caught on it, that wasn't me. It was it was it was it was it was AI. It had to be AI generated. It was AI generated. You're going to hear that. And it may not be true, but it may hold the news story long enough for the election to happen or for the thing that, you know, for the thing that they needed to get done, you know, to, to happen to happen. So. That is something that is going to have to be figured out. Just talking um, on, on the larger point of AI, you know, I did, you know, in the, before you jumped on into the uh, into the green room stuff, I had mentioned to Terrence that, you know, one of our boys, he is really into it and he is doing some incredible stuff with uh, like mid journey and, and coming with imagery and stuff like there and making T-shirts and this and that and the other, uh, you know, with, you know, it's, it's, it's actually pretty cool. Some of the stuff that he's doing. Um, but it has me, you know, thinking about some things that, that can be done with AI. This isn't going anywhere. I don't know that it's go- we're going to have the fervor with it that we do today. This, I mean, really, we, we first heard about chat GPT. What was it? November 30th last year. So we're still relatively new in this. We haven't been a full six months with this thing being around yet. Um, I do believe that like just about everything else, tools are used to make the work easier. Um, I think that if we think about AI in that way, that we're going to use it because it's going to make doing work easier. Um, and you're going to have to learn how to write prompts. You're, you know, you're going to have to learn how to do some new things um, with it that you'll probably be useful to people for, for a while. But just, you know, like I actually, it wasn't an argument. It was just a statement where somebody said that like, if you use tools, to do the work of the expert, you'll never pick up the expertise. And my response was, I've never cut a tree down with an ax, but I've cut dozens down in a day with a chainsaw. I don't know that I need to become an expert with an ax. I think on some level for some things, you can actually look at AI that same way. This is a tool that is going to allow me to be more efficient in doing what I do. I'm not down with people who are like trying to write term papers with it, who are trying to create content with it and pass that off. You got to you're getting all of that together. You're getting the good with the bad, no matter what you do. Um, And especially in this instance, and that's what I was, I was watching a friend of mine's live that was talking about this. Um, And it was like, you know, it's one thing to generate artwork on AI that took inspiration 
inspiration from other artwork. It's not copying other artwork, uh, but it's a whole nother thing to copy somebody's voice mm-hmm. and create something new from that. That that that's just fraud, and yeah. you're not going to be able to get around that. You know, going forward, as people, you know, to to Charles's point, new albums from Biggie and Tupac coming out, and you know, now we get the holograms on stage, and and you know, just it just it's 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 just it's just fraud, and and it doesn't seem to be an endpoint to any of it. But maybe not an endpoint, but a new opportunity brewing uh, in this story. They, uh, if you read down a little bit more, it's talking about uh, technologists Matt and Holly Matt Dryhurst. And Holly Herndon, Herndon have found is spawning AI. One of their projects, quote, have I been trained, allows users to search for their artwork and see if it's been incorporated into AI, uh, into an AI training set without their consent. So like you said, uh, good with the bad. You're going to bring a lot of people looking to uh, plagiarize, copy, otherwise make money off of artwork over talent over whatever that may not be theirs. You know, you bring in these people who are looking to fight that, who will create opportunities and in and of itself. That, and that's the thing. We need more. There's not enough of that right now. You no, know what I mean? There, there, there yeah. aren't enough pieces of software. There are not enough tools that can detect AI generated content yet um, for all of the AI generated content that's out there. So, and there, and there, and it'll always be that arms race. Um, and I think, you know, at least for right now, the AI is winning. Yeah. All right, y'all. So let's get to this last story. And, uh, Steph, I, I love the way that you, you, that you introduced this where you just said, have the social media chickens come home to roost. <laughs> so I know you've, you, you've actually got a collection of articles that we're going to talk about, but I want to go ahead and let you, you know, just kind of, cause I know you were thinking about some of this stuff and I want to let you go off the, you know, off, you know, off, off your notes of how you wanted to talk about each one of these things. I got points on at least two of the four. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's just been a whole lot of different stories about social media and, and the attempt to rein it in, um, particularly around, um, young people and their usage and verification and trying to get them to use social media less. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I pulled one of the, I pulled the first story and, uh, threw that up on, um, on my social media and I, I got a bunch of people's different sort of, um, opinions about it because the first story is about Arkansas uh, just passed a law that makes it illegal for minors to be on social media without their parents' consent. It's called the Social Media Safety Act and a social media company shall not permit an Arkansas user who is a minor to be an account holder on the social media company's social media platform unless the minor has the express consent of a legal parent or guardian. Um, and the, the thing about this though for, for this particular law, age verification must be done through a third party vendor, which is not to retain any identifying information of the individual after verifying their age. Yeah, right. We all know that is not going to happen. Yeah, right. So, so that's the, that's the, that's the biggest problem is that you're, you're handing over minors personal identifying information to some random ass third party vendor and saying that, oh, they're going to get rid of it though. Right after they identify the age and, and, you know, verify the age. Um, but the other thing that, that I, that I, that caught my eye from this is that there were, there are a ton of different exceptions 
to this bill. Um, the, the, the most ridiculous one was gaming. I'm like, how is gaming not under falling under the, uh, the umbrella of this law? Um, but then the, but what was, what was definitely, um, not exempt was social media companies that allow a user to generate short video clips of dancing, voiceovers, or other acts of entertainment in which the primary purpose is not educational or informative. So those companies don't meet the exclusion. Um, and basically what this sounds like to me is a, is another way to try to get TikTok off the grid. I believe that this is another way to get TikTok off the grid. Mm-hmm. But I have to look at who's the governor of this state. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, what is her name? Sarah Huckabee. I, 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 yeah, I I just don't believe that it's just about this. Yeah. One thing that I don't think that you are going to get a lot of argument about is that in the grand scheme of thing, if you were to take all U.S. based social media, it probably is a bit left of center. It's if, if, you know, in, in totality. There's some stuff that is very, very hard right. There's some stuff that is very, very hard left. But I think in, in, in totality, it probably skews just a bit center left. So that's going to be a problem for folks like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So it's like, okay, so, you know, we, we don't want these kids getting indoctrinated with all of this liberal ideology. So what do we need to do? We're going to ban all of it unless the parents with a photo ID, verify who their children are and say, yes, we allow them to be on this system. Um, on, on one hand, I can see parents are saying, well, yeah, I, I want to have the opportunity to determine whether or not my kids are on social media. But those parents, you know what? You already can determine whether or not you have your, your kids are on social media because you gave them the phone. Um, exactly. I don't know too many 11 year olds that's going out, you know, you know, going down to the plant, putting in 40 hours so they can pay that ridiculous cell phone bill. Usually that is coming from the parents. So I do believe that parents already have the ability to completely monitor this if they choose to completely monitor this. I don't know. One of us, one of us who was in the middle, I think this is part of your life's work to, uh, talk to parents and to students about kind of Just doing this saying, stuff. I'm, you know, and, and most so. of the people on, on that, that responded to me on Instagram feel like they don't want the, the government helping them raise their kids. Cause isn't our Republicans supposed to be about smaller government and not bigger that's, government. And that's um, what I'm saying. It's I'm, like, where did this come from? All, all I, of a sudden, if, if I had to <laughs> guess, I would say that Meta gave Sarah some money to do this or so, or the lawmakers in, in Arkansas, somebody got paid in Arkansas to do this because they're, I think their, their, their end goal was that if the social platforms have to enable this in Arkansas, they'll have to do it nationwide. So that precipitates a nationwide TikTok ban. I, I, I think this all goes back to TikTok. And I think, you know, Meta is trying to get rid of TikTok and, and this, is their clumsy way of, of doing it. Honestly, I don't think it has anything to do with, with what, you know, content and what the kids are seeing and, and all the rest of that. I think Meta is trying to get rid of TikTok and they are like, let's try to get one. If we can get one state and Idaho has also, uh, enacted a very similar legislation. If we can start getting the states to enact this legislation, you know, we got to do it for one. We got to do it for them all. And, and pretty soon TikTok's out of the game. Idaho, because especially if it says specifically 
social media company that allows a user this to is what I'm saying. short video clips they literally dancing are saying over TikTok, TikTok without saying right. TikTok. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So that was the first one. The next one was an article, I believe it was in The Verge, Steph. So the next one is about screen time for kids. TikTok um, is trying to implement some different screen time tools. They're limiting screen time to 60 minutes for people under 13. But again, it's it's all optics and lip service because no one is putting their real age in these, uh, you know, when you sign up anyway. And even if you did and they did the limit, you could just ignore them. And I, the, the thing, I put this in there because it's like, that shit don't work for me. Like I get those videos <laughs> that pop up on TikTok every now and again, like, Hey, you've been on here for a while. Maybe swipe. just stop scrolling. And, and you just mind your business and swipe left. Right. <laughs> mind your business. And I just keep swiping and, and stay on TikTok another two hours. It's just, it's like, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know what the point of all of this is. The, really to, to me, the point of this one is that I think TikTok is legitimately concerned that there's bipartisan support for getting them up out of here. Yes. Um, the fact that it's not, this is not a democratic thing or a Republican thing or even an independent thing because everybody is like not feeling TikTok right now, especially TikTok. And Stephanie, I, you know, I, I will, I will concede your point. This is just Facebook, Facebook giving Facebook. everybody money to, to get into this. I knew that you were going to say that. So I said it for you, yep. but. I think that if you are TikTok, you have to be legitimately concerned and you have to take every step you can to keep them from turning off your multi-billion dollar application that runs Absolutely. here in the TikTok United States. TikTok is shook right now. They're, they're shook right now and they're like trying to throw a bunch of stuff against the wall to see if if something is going to stick and make these politicians happy. Uh, but I feel like the politicians are already in Meta's pocket, so nothing's going to make them happy. So this next one is about uh, LinkedIn. This was a TechCrunch article, and LinkedIn is looking at ways to roll out verifying your identity your, your identity for free. They're not, you know, unlike Meta, unlike Twitter, they're going to use the Clear system. So if you, anybody who travels and you see Clear in the airport, they're going to use that same system to do authentication, where you would have to authenticate with a what is it, a telephone number and a state ID. Your your uh and and they like you can respond with your company email exactly. or something like that was in there. Now the thing about this one, I appreciate the fact that they're using Clear because you know I feel like there's a little bit more sense of security um, around the handling of your data using that mechanism. However. I I was I was struck by the fact that they were really trying to hype up the free part because there is no such thing as a free lunch. Like we gonna pay for this one way or the other. Like I I don't I don't believe it's quote unquote free. I don't know yet how LinkedIn is going to pass this cost on to us, but they will. They will. I'm I'm positive that they will. Oh yeah, there's if this is popular and it works, there's no way they're gonna be like, oh yeah, well you can continue to use it for free. Right. <laughs> they're gonna figure out a way to get paid off of it. Considering <laughs> I paid seventy five dollars for for my TSA precheck, um, and <laughs> and at the, I think it was like a hundred dollars for clear, like to get them both together, like like we had to pay for that. So the idea that tic, uh, that LinkedIn is just gonna be giving this away is just yeah. I and don't and, see that. and that's the that's the thing that I thought. It's like okay, why are you doing this for free? 
you may not be charging me, but you showed up making the yeah. difference up on the back end. <laughs> so Microsoft has determined that people who are verified at this level at LinkedIn, we can profit more off of them than we can for those who don't. It, it's 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 got to at the very least be that they're they're not going to we're just we're going to go do this at you know in you know in millions of dollars you know of our cost just because we're nice. There's right. I just no, I don't believe the companies roll that way. There's got to be something heart. on the other side of this. The other part of it too is that you can verify your work with a work email. So I I, I have I've I've had my own LinkedIn pretty much since LinkedIn has been LinkedIn. I've had a LinkedIn account for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. I've had two employers that were really gung ho about you putting all your work data into LinkedIn and keeping that, you know, is, is much related to, uh, you know, their your presence as, as your own. Because I think what they realized was that, well, if we got a couple hundred employees and they all have LinkedIn and it's all pointing back to us, that's from a search engine optimization standpoint, that's going to help us be bigger. I think that's part of it. But it, at some level, I would have a concern is, you know, whose LinkedIn account is it? Because uh, one company, that I'm thinking of, they actually paid for like the pro level of account. the The employer was paying it, so for you to have for you to have uh, uh, what is it called LinkedIn Gold or something like that. Yeah, something like um, that. They were that actually paying LinkedIn. for that. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's the it thing. Right. <laughs> Whose LinkedIn is that? What is LinkedIn Gold? Their LinkedIn. And one of the one, one of the you know um, I did because I said I'm not necessarily interested in doing that. I already have gold. I'll just keep paying for it. And they were like, oh no, they actually showed us where they the, you know the legalese of no, this is still your account. It is j- you. So basically, the way that we you you just expensed it. Um, but it was your account. They never had any control over your account. You never hooked up to any type of, you know, what they couldn't do anything on your account, couldn't make any changes. You just basically had LinkedIn gold and the company paid for it. So that made me feel a little bit better for it. But I know there's going to be some folks out there. I don't necessarily want to put all my employers, uh, you know, email addresses in here. I don't want to necessarily be linked to them that way. So because where's it going to end? Because you're going to put something in in your uh, story or whatever they call LinkedIn's feed, news feed, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. And your company going to be like, hey, um, that post that you put, um, you might want to consider or reconsider and or re-edit or re-say it. And, and it's way to monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, out of all like the that. social media stuff, and you do have to put LinkedIn into social media, even though it is very, yes. very business specific. The one thing that I do not like about it is that in, in this probably works for all of us. Terrence may be used more so than, than the two of us because this is what Stephanie and I do a hundred percent now. But if you've got a regular gig and you do stuff on the side or you do, uh, you know, you, you, you actually are a creator or something, you still only can have one LinkedIn account. So I have to have all my work stuff. And all of my personal stuff to the point to where that means I just don't have any personal stuff in LinkedIn. And I've never really been able to use LinkedIn until very recently for my personal stuff, because I've never been, you know, um, what I do at my job is what I do at my job. And only people who are worried about my job need to know what I do at my job. But what I do in my creator business is what I do in my creator business. And I want everybody to know about that, but not necessarily to be linked up to my job as I do it. I never want to be in a situation where I always have 
have to say, these thoughts are mine and mine alone. They do not reflect an employer or something like that. And I think that by LinkedIn, and I, under, I, I, I do want to say this, I do understand why they only allow you to have one profile, because if they allowed you to have more than one profile, then you have a whole bunch of fake profiles out there or a whole bunch of profiles who aren't necessarily who they say they are. I get that. But just being, you know, I, I do believe that especially if you're going to go down this this road of doing these verifications, if I verify at this level and I've got all my company stuff in it, allow me to create a personal account for the T-shirt business that I do on the side that I don't necessarily just want to be, you know, you know, you, you have, you know, you're executive vice president of X, Y and Z and you run a surf shop on the side that doesn't necessarily right. well, go with a profile. Only I could see it only if they're using it to uh get people who are lying about their job experience. You, your boy, what's this guy out of New York? Soros. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I, I can see and, it as and, only if it's verifying that I have worked there or I am currently an employee. And That's I'm, not ma- I, I'm not mad at LinkedIn for trying to maintain the integrity of the mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, LinkedIn is a professional social network. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it is, it is not necessarily there for all of your little side social. hustles yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Put, put that shit on Instagram. Like it just, it, it, I, I get it. I, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I mean, it, I'm sure it, a lot of people probably feel the same way you do, Rob, but, um, you know, I think, for for LinkedIn to maintain the integrity of what they've built, um, I think that's the way it probably needs to, to be and to stay. Or <laughs> this thought just popped in my mind about when somebody says something or does something sideways and the, you know, social media uh, super sleuths. Uh, typically go to LinkedIn to find out, all right, what company this dude didn't say something racist or yeah. crazy. All right. And, and we and need that too. Yeah. Like, LinkedIn link is that like, you're right. Put right. the emails like, in look, there. Look, look, I need know, to I'm know pre- who to go complain to. <laughs> Cause I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure companies have been, you know, uh, slanged and threw out through all the mud on social media for being somehow tied to a quote unquote employee when that really wasn't the case. And now the company's got to be like this person, they got to go on Twitter and say, this person is not identified, associated with so-and-so and so-and-so. I don't know where they got that information from doing this. Now they can say for sure. Oh yeah. They work for so-and-so or Absolutely. ain't nothing, you know, so these super sleuths can uh, figure it out. <laughs> if you verified, you verify, we know exactly who you are. So, That's right. all right, Steph, this last one here was uh, the, the Gen Z Pentagon leaker. Was he motivated and, by social media clout? Well, and and it, it, is that a kinda, problem? I think this kind of brings everything full circle because, um, you know, with with everything, all of these social media platforms were trying to do, number one, to verify identity and number two, to keep people and young people in particular from spending so much time on these platforms, going down these rabbit holes and things like that. I think this kind of sort of caps everything because, you know, it, it looks like this boy, you know, and I mean, I call him a boy because he was 18 years old, had been in some discord, you know, conversations with his friends and, and did this for clout, you know, and, and it's just like, had some of these social media restrictions been put in 
place. I mean, he would still be able to be on the platforms um, just as an 18 year old. However, you know, maybe there could have been something. And, 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 you know, I would have to believe that if, if it got to the point where you are here giving away government secrets that, you know, put other servicemen at risk, um, this didn't start yesterday when he joined the army. You know what I mean? He's been on social media for a very long time, you know, having these conversations with these same type of people, again, being indoctrinated with hate and, and all this other stuff that, that, that he's been able to find on the internet. Had some of these controls been in place when he first got online, which was probably when he was 12 or 13 or, or even younger, maybe we wouldn't be here, um, with him, facing 15 years in prison and again, putting service members lives at risk because you wanted to show off for your friends, the, the thug shaker central, uh, which is the wackest name I have ever heard. Um, in life. uh, but, but yeah, so it, so it, so it, it kind of like is, is, is in as much as I don't know how much these platforms are going to be able to do to, to keep these kids offline and, and to limit their screen time and everything else, you know, Maybe if any of those things could work or could ever work, we could avoid this type of situation. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know how you avoid people doing things for clout in general, specifically social media clout. But I'm curious as to how did this dude who was a... He a uh, national yeah, national Air, guardsman. National guardsman. Yeah, his name is How Jack Texera. How did he Texera. get all this information? All this information. Exactly. He's twenty one. Exactly. Twenty one years old. How it's, on earth? So that yeah, that that's the question to me. Um, how did he get access to this sensitive data? And you know, I just I just wonder at some level because you don't know. Like you know, he, he's he's twenty one years old. He's still just a baby. You don't know what necessarily what this person is thinking, but on the same hand or or on the same token, there are 21 year olds who are literally in charge of multi-million, in some cases, billion dollars worth of equipment. that can do a whole lot of stuff. So I just Mm -hmm. wonder uh, when, when you start thinking about some folks who do certain things in the military, they have all kind of psychological screening. They go through all kind of testing to make sure that you know that this is not going to go left. Do we now have to start thinking about putting people um, who have access to the data through some of that same type of psychological training? Could you have found well, out if you interviewed this kid that this I is something that he might do? I'm not at liberty to say, but as somebody who has had high level security clearance, um, I would have thought that something would have bubbled up from this. Um, because the way they stuck that microscope up my behind to, mm-hmm. to give me the clearance I had, I would have thought that they would have, you know, been able to number one, see that he was a part of this discord, you know, group, um, f- maybe speak to some of those people. Maybe, I mean, like I said, they keep up with them, monitor yes, them ongoing. Yes, they, yeah. they scraped my life with a fine tooth yeah. comb. I too um, have had, uh, security. That I, had. I too have and, had security clearances and have had to have been interviewed dozens of time for people to get them. It's not just a questionnaire. No. It's not just no. a questionnaire. They're digging into the recesses. I mean, FBI like I said, agents will show up to your place of work and ask <laughs> literally your, everybody their questions about you. It, it is, it but, is not. But, but, but it's not, 
Go ahead. He should Stephanie. have been hooked up to, uh, I mean, he should have had a poly by now. Like with the type of, you know, level of clearance and sensitive information he was handling, he should have had a poly. And if he was doing all of these things or even thought that he might want to do all of these things, that should have been uncovered well before he had a chance to dump it all on the internet. Somebody right. wasn't doing a job. I think it stopped. Well, not stop. I don't know how security clearances work, but once they go through all, well, my, my wife actually has similar type of security clearances, but they really don't monitor after that. Once they've completed and said, oh, this person's good. I guess they kind no, of they let do. you no, go they, about your you business. Depending on the clearance, they do. It's, it's, yeah. yeah they, no, you have so to get again, that stuff done over and over and over again. So again, I'm curious. I mean, uh, as I'm reading in the story, it says, his position as an IT guy with a high level security clearance in the 102nd intelligence wing mm-hmm. at the Otis Air National Guard base on Cape Cod. He was high up, which means me to believe they should have been watching him they even been. closer. Because I, yeah, basically, I don't know how this boy was able to do this, honestly, because basically what happened is he, for all intents and purposes, he got radicalized because he was a part of this crew on Discord and he was kind of pumping his chest out, right? He was pumping his chest out that he had this security clearance and, and his little homies was like, nah, nah, we don't you believe you. We don't, right. we don't believe you. We don't believe you. He was like, oh, okay, bet. And basically they <laughs> reverse psychology his ass into right. giving up all this information. And they called him the original gangster, respected OG. They called him their, their, all the, the man, the myth and the legend. <laughs> and 21. I can see. <laughs> I could see psychologically yeah. this guy who, according to the story at the time, him, um, at the time of him getting into this discord, lived with his mother, lived with his mama, didn't have no girlfriend, didn't have no, you know, real life outside of the Air outside National Guard thug, and discord. Right. right. <laughs> he, he, this was his life, which, which again leads me to believe why isn't this, um, you know, government level security keeping up? With people like this, somebody dropped to wear. the ball. Yeah. Somebody right, definitely right. dropped the ball on this because there's there's just no like. First of all, even a government issued phone shouldn't have been anywhere near documents that could be photographed. Like the, mm-hmm. no devices. You're not you're not supposed to have any devices near that type of sensitive information. Like it just 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 so many holes just all the way through this story and and somebody needs to lose their job behind this for real. All right y'all, that was a that was a heck of an episode. It's been a, it's been a few weeks since all three of us have actually been on the show together. So it was, you know, we went a little long, but hey, we was catching up. Because it's, it's, you know, it's been a few weeks. But before we get up out of here, we have a new patron, y'all. And uh, so I got to give a shout out to Duke Winfield. Now, we give shout outs when we get raises as well. So not only do I have to give Duke a shout out for becoming a patron, I have to give Duke a shout out for actually becoming a patron and in the same week actually giving us a raise. So, so yeah, so, so Duke, Duke, Duke is holding us down. So, you know, I sent him a message earlier today, uh, thanking him and, you know, told him, make sure you're listening, um, for the show, uh, tonight. Uh, I don't know if he made it into the, uh, right, into the live you better stream. Stop doing that. <laughs> you better. What's it's that? one thing to talk about Rob. It's like, it's one thing to shop people out. It's one thing to message them and tell them, Hey, listen to the show tonight. No. Cause I'm gonna shout you out because I, if you forget or we get sidetracked, they're going to be like, man, 
What happened? You know what? We, we've done it. And I, we've done it. We've had shows where we went long and I ended up having to cut out the patrons and come back and do it the next week. But no, when someone becomes a patron in patron, I as soon as I get the notification, I go and let them know because, hey, this is somebody who actually decided to become a member, hold us down financially. I'm not waiting until the show to let them know um, that we appreciate them for that. I'm actually going in. And, um, you know, so folks, that's something they look forward to. That's that's why we do the shout outs at the end of the show. So Duke Winfield. Thank you for holding us now. Appreciate you. So with that, y'all, let's go ahead and get up out of here. Tech Life Steph, tell the folks I didn't get at you. So I am finally <laughs> going to be debuting my new website soon. Stay tuned. Um, it's coming. I promise I'm going to do a live AMA um, and sort of a live reveal of the website. I'm just trying to figure out the, the logistics of the tech um, on how to do that. But I will be on Instagram doing that uh, within the week. So follow me all around the web at Tech Life Stuff. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm trying to reduce the amount of social media online properties that I got. <laughs> so till further notice, just follow me everywhere at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John, The Tech J-A-W-N on all the things. So come and holler at us wherever you holler. Till we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.